Welcome to the Break New Ground Podcast. My name is Luis Prado, a.k.a. B-Boy El Prad. Today we have a very special guest with us today. We have Gabe Medina representing Eminon. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. I drove an hour and 30 minutes, y'all, to get here. Best believe it's going to be good. I, dude, I can already tell it's going to be good. Just like the, pre, the preview that we had before we started recording. The pre-podcast? The pre-podcast, yeah. The stuff that doesn't make it onto the air. That was good. That was good. <laughs> So, for those of you that have been around the breaking community for a while, have been around maybe more than five, six years, um, you might know Gabe. He used to break. He used to be active in the community. He used to compete. Um, if people aren't from the breaking community, where might they know you from? School, maybe, if they went to school with me. Um, <laughs> no, but if they're not familiar with the breaking community, maybe if they're into streetwear or local businesses, they might have heard of Eminem, possibly. Oh, yeah, or if yeah. they're into... Uh, Bum bag. It's from Oceanside. I work for them, so maybe they know me that way. Ooh, bum bag, man! Don't release all the tidbits. Hey, gotta go. give them a little something. You gotta, you know? give, gotta, you gotta get them while they're like listening, because you know what I'm saying. If they listen to it for ten seconds, they're like, "Oh, this sounds whack." Yeah, they're no, gonna, they they're gonna it. skip the episode. You know? <laughs> no, they say attention spans are hella short these days, so hey. I'm sure this is keeping people going. Yeah. All right, so let's just get to the first nitty gritty question: Who is Gabe, and what do you do as an artist? Oh man. Artist is such a weird thing for me to hear because I never considered myself one, and I still don't. Right. But um, I'm pretty much a graphic designer and a production designer, a product designer, not production. So graphic designer and a product designer, and I do that full-time right now. And it's been like this for the past year. Oh, shoot. So you've, like, you've gone all in on it, you know? Yeah, I kind of didn't. I mean, it, I did go all in early, but um, it kind of was just working out for me and... It was working out enough for me to quit my job, so kind of just, yeah, kind of just worked out. That's like, that's that brave step forward that you got to take at some point when you're an artist, right? Like, believing in yourself enough to quit your job and, like, pursue what you like doing? Yeah, I think it's necessary for anybody who's really trying to make a living off of what they love. I think you have to commit to it 100% or else you're not going to make it. Right, yeah, you know? no, 100%. I mean, I, I have not done that yet. But like what are you daily? waiting for? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm going to call my job right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that, dude. It was probably one of the hardest things for me to do, but also was what bred me to do design full-time, and it's kind of what got me to actually commit to it, was being in that rough patch. So right. you know, you'll know when you're ready, man. You'll, you'll know that day when you've had enough of your fucking boss or you've had enough of the people that work there. And or they just don't appreciate you, and you would just end up leaving. It's kind of what happened to me. Yeah, or you feel like you can do so much more than what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, dude. You know, like I think everybody's capable of more, and especially if you got a passion, mm-hmm. like pursue that shit 100. Um, but you you mentioned it. You touched on it. You said Eminon. A lot yeah. of people might not know what that is, especially if this is the first time hearing your voice or just knowing about you in general. So, uh, what is Eminon? It's a clothing brand that I started a few years ago, and wasn't until recently that I started taking it a little bit more seriously, but it's pretty much just a lifestyle brand that encompasses everything that I am as a person, which is like, it's hip-hop related, it's fucking even a bit of skate related, even though personally I don't skate, but I work for a skate brand, my little brother skates, and growing up in Oceanside, it's kind of 
hard to get away from the skate culture. Right. But it's mostly deeply rooted in hip-hop, to be honest. I mean, it's really good that you bring that up, because I feel like everybody, when they were teenagers, wanted to skate or be good at skating. Or, I wanted to skate. Dude, I wanted to skate, too. I fucking sucked. I, I bought a board. Like, I learned how to ollie, and then after that, every other trick was super hard. Dude, I learned how to kickflip, and I think ollie, like, three stairs, and that was it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do any more than that. And then got introduced to dancing a few right. years later, and fuck... Even though I could say that that's equally as hard, maybe, no offense to the skaters out there, maybe even a bit harder. Right, yeah. I, I don't know why. It just, it just kind of sucked me in, and I really enjoyed it. Dude, 100%. That's exactly what happened with me. <laughs> I skated. I was like, dude, I'm bad. Like, my parents don't want to take me to no skate park. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to hang up the board. And then I started dancing. It just went like that. Hey, dude, I guess we, we can relate in that aspect. Yeah, no, yeah? definitely, definitely. Um, and then what inspires you to continue Eminon or what inspired you when you first started to start Eminon uh, it was kind of weird man Eminon was never supposed to be a brand and I get asked this question very often it's like how, how did you even start and it's not like I just fucking said I'm gonna start a brand like it was nothing like that it right. was kind of just a little community that I started with my friends and it actually was a car club at first Ooh. and it kind of just got bred into a, a brand I've always been into like streetwear I like to consider Eminon like a lifestyle streetwear brand because it's, like I said, and it's more of an encompass of who I am and I grew up with streetwear. And um, yeah, it was never really supposed to be a brand, man. Kind of just happened and I've kind of just taken taken it by the, the horns, I guess, and, yeah. and just owned it. I mean, I've always wanted a brand, right, but right. it just, it's so weird. I don't know. I just, it never was supposed to be a brand and that's what kind of gets me troubled when you ask that que- when they ask that question because it was a car club for sure at the beginning it was just a group of friends i mean like just off the cuff like how does it feel to look around sometimes and see people wearing stuff that you designed that you made it dude it's it's crazy to me i don't know like I, it's just it's weird for, first of all because some people don't even know me right. some of them do know me and they'll be like oh what's up gabe like blah 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 and they know me because of the brand other people don't even know me so it's like I just kind of let it happen. I never go up to them and be like, oh, I designed that. Yeah, I kind of just like looking at it and kind of admiring from afar. Right, or sometimes right. I'll compliment them and I'm like, hey, that's a cool shirt. <laughs> or since I also work for Bum Bag, hey, that's a cool bag. Right, but I never right. tell them like, oh, I'm the one that did that. But it's always just cool to like, I don't know, maybe um, compliment them right, on right. what they're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Even though knowing that I'm the one that did it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a cool shirt. I guess it's like a pat on the back to yourself. Hey, right. that's a cool shirt. <laughs> You know, no, knowing no, that I, you did it. <laughs> it's crazy because, like, it's a, it's a weird kind of support, right? It's not like someone's, like, commenting on anything online mm-hmm. or, like, coming up to you and being like, hey, like, that was a cool move that you did. No, it's like, I believe in your shit so much that I'm going to wear it. And some people don't even know that they're supporting you. Like, that's crazy. It is fucking crazy. You're 100% right. It still blows my mind. And that's the biggest support anybody could give you is when right. they're rocking something that you've made. Even though they might not know it, but they're the ones that are keeping you going. When I see that shit on the streets, I'm just like, damn, that's fucking tight. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see more people wearing it, you know? Yeah, no, no. And it's like, it's inspiration on itself. Like, if, uh, if one person believes in your shit, what makes you think a bunch of other people won't? You know? Exactly. And, um, and that, that's a good segue, I think, to just kind of dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, what does this brand represent to you? I mean, you mentioned that it's a car club. You mentioned that it's an embodiment of who you are. But, like... What, how important is that to you right now? I think it's extremely important. Um, it really means a lot to me. And right now, I wish I had more time to put 
more attention to the brand, and that's what I'm going towards for 2019, if I got my year right, because we just got into the new year. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it basically, Eminon stands for no name backwards, if, just in case you didn't know that. Bro, mind blown. That's tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like to say that I, uh, this, like, I like to consider myself early on and still now, I'm kind of a nobody, you know, we're not, you know, and I think from the b-boy era too i was never like a big name i kind of just did it you know so i think eminon represents to me it's a community and i say this very lightly so don't take any offense to it right. a community of people who are nobodies right in the world where everything is glorified like you go on instagram oh if you don't have fucking 10k you're nobody yeah so we're in like a group of nobodies trying to be somebody you know what i'm saying like we're trying to build a community of winners with what are bred to be like losers in this fucking right imaginary realm of what is fucking cool and what's not cool yeah you know? no everything's twisted nowadays like so i hope i answered the question i tend to go off tangents no, the no, question no, no. was what does eminon stand for me it stands for a community like basically a yeah, community no. of like-minded individuals there you go you hit it on the head and then you went <laughs> deeper like that's that's that was really great um and it, it really like you brought up a good point when you said if you don't got 10k you're like nobody and i think that's like that's super true. I mean, not, I don't believe in that. I'm saying yeah, like, but it, the society has bred you to believe that, that that's what it is. And honestly, I, I like to eh, kind of agree with it, too. Like, if you don't have a big social media following, if you're not this big name, nobody gives a shit about you right, or no, your brand or what, the, or what you're doing. Right, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody's got to start somewhere, and everybody's got to, like, really invest in their brand as a person. Yeah, and anything you do, it's like you don't have to have all these followers to have great content, specifically, like, we can talk about podcasts. You could talk to your, about yourself as a b-boy, as, like as having a small brand. Like, you don't have to have this big following to have content worth listening to and worth right. buying into. Right. No, 100%. You've got you to believe in yourself. Exactly. You before know? anybody else yeah, believes before, in you. Yeah, before anybody else, dude. Like, if you just start off with something believing you're not going to make it, you've already lost. Yeah, you're not going to fucking make it. You yeah. might as well just quit now, dude. <laughs> no, you, already, you already started off wrong. Try again. Should have never even started. <laughs> um, so... You could have designed anything, bro. You could have started off with bags. You could have started off with shoes. Why did you start with clothing? I think it was just the most t- tangible thing for me to get into. Like, is the thing that I grew up loving. Hopefully. And I, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I and I always said, like, man, when I was growing up and I was in high school, I used to buy all these, like, cool graphic T-shirts from streetwear brands that I still wear to this day. And the best thing for me was going into that shop, buying that graphic and having it be a, have a story behind it, me wearing it, knowing the story, going out into the world and having someone say, hey, that's a cool shirt. Right. And I say, yo, it's a cool shirt. This is what it means. And being able to share that conversation with people, has, I've always enjoyed it. And I've made a lot of good friends because of this, the clothing that I chose to wear. And I guess I was hoping to do that for someone else, too. Like, they're wearing an Eminem shirt. And then someone says, yo... I know Gabe, right. or hey, I know the story behind that shirt. That's a sick ass shirt, and like, you know, and it, it has happened. I've had friends tell me that they strike with conversations just because they're wearing an Eminem hat or an Eminem shirt, and they go to a bar, and the guy behind the bar knows me right. or knows of the brand, and they get a fucking free beer. Right. Yo, I've given someone a free beer. Like, I've never thought I'd be able to do something like that. That's tight. And that's kind of why I think I started making clothing and merch. That's really cool, actually, because like. Uh, I have breaking t-shirts I'm wearing one right now you know it's nothing is close I need to, one yeah. <laughs> just saying throw that out there y'all are heard it for here first <laughs> hey next drop <laughs> I got you dude um, but yeah like I 
nowhere close to Eminem, you know, but there's still that feeling where people like will hit me up on Instagram like, hey, like, I'm in my class right now, and this guy behind me, he's wearing a break in t-shirt. I was like, oh, that's And then they describe to you who the person yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Seeing, seeing if you know him. Yeah, know that's him. my favorite thing, dude. It's so weird that they're yeah. like, yo, he's like, blah, 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 and he's about blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, Do you know him? I'm just like, hey, dude, I have no idea if I know him or not, but fuck, that's sick. Yeah, and sometimes no. I don't know the person, and that fucking blows my mind when I don't know the person. I always expect to know him. Right, at least know a little them. bit, you know, just yeah. like the name at the very least, but no. Or like friends of friends, you're like, oh, I know who that is. But dude, doesn't it blow you away when someone they don't know, like, is wearing your shit? Like, some people have bought break and t-shirts in other states, and I'm like, blows oh, your mind. like, I've never been to Utah. Like, why are you... What the hell are you doing in Utah wearing a fucking break and... What is it again? Sorry, I don't want to butcher no, the no, shit no, no, out of no, it. No, 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 break and G. Yeah, it's the same shit. It's like, dude, when there's, like, someone... Because I do all the orders, too, you know? And, like, when I have someone in Utah or something where I'm just like, first of all, how'd you find out about us? Who the hell are you? And why the fuck are you ordering our shit? <laughs> Not in a bad way, but... Like, it just blows my mind. How did you expand to that level? No, I feel it. Um, that's crazy. It's crazy to be able to, like, feel exactly what you're saying because I've, I've had that feeling, too. Um, so we've mentioned this. You are a dancer-turned-creative content creator, all, like, full-time. And you, we talked about this, like, in the pre-podcast, mm-hmm. but um, we battled before. We battled before. Which at, is crazy. Uh, blew my mind when you sent me that video. Yeah, Battle of the Schools 2012. Um, we both looked hella different. If anybody looked at that now, I don't think they'd be able to recognize who we were. Honestly, I, I didn't even... I took me a second to realize which one it was, was you. Like, you still had some of your flair that you have now. Yeah. It's just so funny to see us at our early stages. Like, yeah, I looked 100% different, and I can say that you look different, no, too. No, yeah. Ooh, I had mushroom hair, dude. We're more handsome now, dude. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, we, we glowed up, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you came from breaking, and you had a unique style when you were a b-boy. Uh, you were, would you consider yourself abstract? I mean, I think that was the term that was being used. Yeah, I yeah. never really, I mean, I guess I was. I guess I did say it I at times. I, I think I did. I, that was what I was aiming for. You know, it's not trying to fucking, I hated the label, but I did, when someone would ask me what style that you dance, I would say that I was more abstract. So yeah. that was what I considered myself dancing and just, I mean, the people who I b-boyed with, I, I was really, um, for a couple years, I think it might have been two or three years, I was uh, training heavily with the freak show. So I think it just naturally uh, kind of, I kind of absorbed it naturally. Right. You know, I, I break danced with them for a good three years and I consider them my family. Yeah, I, no. never, I never repped like the freak show crew. Right. I, that was my main goal. I was trying to be in the freak show and I trained with them for a good two to three years and um yeah i'm still really good friends with all of them we consider ourselves family and uh yeah that was that's my bread and butter dude fucking right. freak show i learned everything from them so you can say that my style was very reflective of what the freak show was doing which was abstract at the time it's funny because um i spent a good amount of time around freak show and, and training with freak show too um and like raw Mirage. My boys. Yeah, no. All like, Geo. Yeah, like, everybody. All those guys were big believers in me, and, like, they, they really pushed me. Even though, like, they were in a completely different area, because I've always been down south. Like, even when we, like, barely met up a few times, like, they were really helpful. And, oh, like, they're great people, man. They're, they're very... Dude, oh, honestly. dude, and, and they they take training to heart, man. Yeah. When they're training, bro, they're fucking training. They're about it, dude. I, they, I honestly... A lot of my work ethic even transferred over to the creative side that I do, graphic design and everything. Honestly, I owe it to them. 
they taught me how to fucking be hungry. They taught me how to like work for what's mine. Like I was very young when I was training with them, but dude, th- those guys work fucking hard. Like yeah, no, and even still to this day, they're dude, all going. You know, they're and, still going. I mean, they're doing the Brazilian jiu-jitsu now. Yeah, and they got dude, fucking on, Richie and Gio are fucking so much killing respect, it. Yeah, so much. It's so much respect to everybody in the freak show for sure. Like shout out the freak show. I love you guys. Fucking. You guys literally bred who I am. Like, even though I'm not dancing anymore, everything that you guys taught me during training sessions, like working hard, is really what I still do. And yeah. honestly, they still inspire me in, in tons of different ways. Yeah, no, they, they like, molded the San Diego community and, like, they repped San Diego hard. As, like, the top dogs for a really long time. And they still do it, even in the jiu jitsu game yeah, they yeah. still rep san diego yep. they still rep oceanside and i grew up in oceanside i still live there now so like it's weird i just saw them one day and i was like i want to be like them <laughs> i want to be in their crew and i literally that was my fucking my goal so i showed up to all their practices i went everywhere they were at until one day they're just like come here dude yeah. <laughs> be a part of the family you know and they were training me to be in the freak show unfortunately my time ended before I actually got initiated into the crew, but I was, I like to, I like to think I was very close. Yeah. Like I was training very hard, but man, they're a high caliber crew. So I yes. don't, I don't like hate them for never initiating me officially into their crew. I knew that I was always family and they still tell me this to this day. It's just that it's a very high caliber crew and I still needed, I still needed time to grow as a b-boy, you know, but yeah, I was getting yeah. there for sure, man. For sure. Um, I battled with them a few times and I, I, I was super honored and I was super nervous. Just like, Dude, damn, I don't want to imagine me, them, man. Dude. I was fucking so nervous every time I battled with them. They probably don't, I mean, they probably knew, but now that I'm sharing on the podcast, if they, if they have the opportunity to listen to this, I was fucking insanely nervous all the time <laughs> that I would sign up with them, whether it was me, Mirage, San, me, uh, Raw, and I think it was always just me, Mirage, and uh, Sin for the most part that would battle together. I think I might have battled a few times with them as a group. Yeah. But man, I was always so nervous. And and it showed in the dance, too. I, a few times going back to the clips and watching them, it hurts me till this day because <laughs> I'm just like, I knew how to do that round. I knew how to do that move. I was just nervous because right. of the people that I had behind me. It was like huge shoes to fill. Yes, yes. Especially when you take someone like Little Sin, who is pretty much around the same age as me right. who was killing it and he's like fucking one year older than me like that was the person that i had to walk behind Dude, that, guy that, was... that that's what made me really nervous is like sin was on a different fucking level he was to be was... honest like he was fucking amazing that kid dude he literally one 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 year older than me and like doing shit that i could only dream of that made me nervous because I'm just like, we're the two young kids on the group. I'm only one year younger than this guy, and he's, and he's 20 much, yeah. years fucking advanced over me. He that, was crazy, oh, man. He trained super hard, dude. Yeah, like, dude. Respect to little sin, super man. Super hungry. Rest in peace. Man. Yes, respect to little sin, man. Miss that dude. Um, crazy. So you came from breaking breaking background. You had a unique style. Do you feel like that ever influenced anything that you're doing now? I mean, you already mentioned that. You already mm-hmm. touched on that. Um, how, what about your clothing designs? Yeah, dude, fucking uh, just the whole aspect of training hard and going out there and getting what's yours has really translated into some of the graphics that I do. I have a few that are like Caffeine Field Dreams is one of the graphics. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that was tight. That one's like fucking, I didn't start drinking coffee until I started dreaming. So that was the idea behind that one. 
and I don't take full credit for that one. One of my homies, T-Mac, shout out T-Mac. He's a designer from Oceanside. He actually was the one that uh, did the whole graphic. The idea was for me, derived from me, but he's the one that really took that idea and ran with it, and he's the one that created the graphic, and it came out great. I've and then there's other one. ones like uh, Survival of the Sleepless that I made. Survival that was one that I did. Yeah. And um, pretty much it, it is what it is, Survival of the Sleepless. The people yeah. who are fucking working day and night are the ones that are going to be winners. And the Freak yeah. Show did it too. Freaks don't sleep. Yeah, that was so true. They actually don't, dude. Dude. They train till like 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. I used to train with them. I used yeah. to go work at Terry Cafe. I used to work a five-hour shift. It'd be done at 930 uh, I would then go get Mirage. Oh, no, Mirage would meet me there. We would go to 10th Planet Vista, and we would train from 10.30 to, like, about midnight. I would be coming home at, like, around midnight, 12.30, shower. By the time I'm sleeping, it's, like, 1. Yeah. One, and sometimes we'd go later, dude. We would literally freaks don't sleep, man. We would train hard. And when, even when, when Sin would spend the night at my house, dude, we would train fucking endlessly. Like, sometimes we would train till like, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, just because we wanted to train. Dude, that's, so that's it's, true it, hunger right there. Bro, you it's real hunger. It. It's fucking freaks don't sleep is real shit. Yeah. Like, believe that, dude. I was there with them, and, man, I'm, I have bags because of them because <laughs> I didn't sleep either. <laughs> but hopefully I'm going to get bags because of what hey, they taught hey, me. Oh, you know? shit. That was, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's oh, a highlight man. right there. Um, as an artist, you know, you go through a bunch of highs and lows. You experience, like, the thrills of putting out your first piece of clothing, having people rock it, um, the lows of being maybe frustrated, not, be, not being able to come up with your own designs. Um, do you feel like there was ever a turning point in your career that you, like, truly realized that you wanted to stick to it? Yeah, so, like, I think we mentioned it earlier. You said uh, um, you were 100% committed to doing what you do, and now I do it full-time, you know? There was a turning point for me. Um, I had interned in L.A. with the Hundreds. Clothing. Oh, yeah. I interned with them for about two months, right? That's was tight. And um, it was kind of a weird internship. Um, I was very scared at the time. I didn't think I was good enough. And I, I still, to this day, even though me and uh, the homie who pretty much got me the internship keeps telling me, no, dude, you deserve to be there. You were good enough, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I still like to think that I got lucky, yeah. you know? But, I mean, we create our own luck, too, so I guess... There was a reason why I was there. Right. But going towards that, um, I did the internship with uh, the Hundreds, and I did that in 2015. Fuck, it was a while back ago, I think. It was 2015. I think it was four years ago. That was a two-month program where I learned how to do uh, industry-type shit, you know, to work. Yeah. At the same time, I was uh, I fresh out of college from Maricosta, and I was working at Terry Cafe. <clears throat> I don't know if it's because I was interning but um, Terry Cafe, uh, I don't even know why I'm shouting them out. But they, no, because I, I mean, respect. I worked for them for like four years. So shouts out Terry Cafe. Can't yeah. be hating, you know? Right. But I was working for them. And when I was done with my internship, freshly graduated, um, they were starting to cut my hours back at work. And I had been with them for five years. And they were hiring new kids that were like busing tables. And at that point, I was like working the register, uh, taking food out. Uh, busting tables like I was doing the f- everything yeah. I was working the bar because we had a little bar so I was working the bars on the weekends so I was doing it all and, all I, and at that time they were hiring new kids to come work and they were cutting my hours so like I said I don't know if it's because I was gone during the internship because I was there most of the time and I had my hours were changing right. and we had new management too so it was kind of weird but um, 
I'm getting, don't worry, I'm getting to the question, <laughs> the turning point. Um, just bear with me, no, people. No, no, this is a good story. And um, they were cutting my hours back, and it just started, didn't, it didn't make sense to me. So I, I came up to the manager and I said, hey, look, um, I was working only two days. Oh, wow. Once a week, dude. I went from working five days a week to three days a week to two days a week to one day a week, Damn. two weeks. So when it got to that point, I literally had a conversation with the manager more than once. And I said, hey, what, why are my hours getting cut back? What's the reason behind it? Mostly gave me like bullshit excuses of like, oh, you're, you come late to work sometimes and this and that, which I understand, you know? Right, yeah. That's... But those are things that you come talk to me about. Hey, Gabe, you're running a little late to work. If you keep that up, we're going to start cutting your hours. Right. Never got that no ever worries. once, you know? Then they started cutting my hours heavily, like I said, once a week. And then I pretty much told them, like, hey, dude, I can't live off of this wage. Fucking four-hour shifts. Eight hours every two weeks. Yeah. Like, I literally told her, I was like, you expect me to make a living off this? Like, this is crazy. Right. Like, if I did that, and I, maybe I was a dick to her. <laughs> and I was like, if I did this to you, if I was a manager, and I cut back your hours, I was like, you have an apartment, right? You have a car payment, right? If I cut back your hours to eight hours and two Every weeks, paycheck, yeah. do you think that you would be able to survive? Obviously, she didn't say anything. Right. I was like, it's, I, it just baffled me that I was there for five years and this is how they were treating me, you know? So that, to me, was kind of the turning point that I realized that these people don't care about me. I'm, I'm replaceable at any given time. That's true. There's a new kid that can fucking learn how to fucking take drinks out, take food out, do everything that I was doing. And then he, he can learn it in like a week. So I felt re- like replaceable. Right. So yeah. I basically told them like, I need more hours. Like that's all I need. And if you want to keep me as an employee, you would give me more hours. Right. Yeah, Simple. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, she said, oh, we can't, I can't give you more hours. But if, it, if but if you want to leave, that's completely up to you. Wow. And I was like, Damn. it's not up to me. I'm letting you know, I don't want to leave. I've been here for five years. I love working for this company. But the only way that you can keep me is if you give me more hours. She's like, well, we can't do that. And then I was like, then you can't tell me that it's my decision to leave because I'm giving you a, a, an option of how do you can keep me. Right, right, right. And then it, did, it just turned into like, oh, well, we can't do that, but I just want to let you know that it's, if you leave, it's your decision. Like kind of like, so, so, like making so they don't, she didn't feel guilty or right, whatever. Yeah. So then I said, okay, gave you my, um, I, didn't, I didn't quit at that time. She, I kind of like, I don't know, I guess I gave them the finger, basically. I, they, they gave me my schedule for the next two weeks, and I just didn't show up. And it didn't matter. It was fucking two days. Right. So I just didn't show up. <laughs> and that was kind of the turning point for me, honestly, is like realizing that I was replaceable. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't like that feeling of like, man, I just gave these people five years of my life, and this is how they let me go is by cutting my hours and right. Giving me a dumb, sh- like bullshit excuses of why they can't give me more hours when a new kid had just got hired and he's working five days a week, and he knows how to do one fifth of the stuff that I know how to do. Right. That was a turning point for me, and um, it only got harder after then. I, I pretty much quit the job and I was unemployed for like four months, and That's rough. that was fucking tough. That's well, fucking it was not rough. four months. I'm exaggerating. It was more like two months. Okay. But it was still tough, dude. Right, like right, I still yeah. had shit to pay for. I still had shit to do. Like. That was a turning point for me. That was when I was just like, yo, I got to fucking... I never want to go back to a restaurant because fuck that. I don't want that shit to happen to me again. Fuck the food. I just got fresh off of internship. I was like, 
I was in a high. Right. I was in an internship at one of the clothing brands that I fucking admired since I was a fucking teenager, you know? Yeah. So, like, I was an all-time high, and then I come back to, like, losing my job. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what the hell is going on, dude? That just sounds like... Yeah, so, like, super that was my breaking point, dude. And, and because of that, I think I am where I am today. Because it, was, it took that hard moment to really just say, fuck, I got to really commit to this. And that was the moment that I committed to it. I was like, I'm going to do design full-time. And that's when I got the internship with Bumbag, and I worked... And now I work for them. And now because of them, with the help of them and other, for other brands that I freelance for, here I am, like, doing design full-time. Damn. But it took that rough patch to get here. You're really good at telling stories, dude. I was heavily invested into that shit. But no, for real, like, that, that sounds hella tough. Like, having to, like, literally, you don't even get a choice in, like, whether you get hours or not. She was just like, all right, like, here's eight hours for every two weeks. It's fucking, dude, no, yeah, isn't that crazy? I've been there, though. I've been there, though. And, like, I've, I've worked in retail, and, and it happens to me. But they're always like, oh, like, our hours depend on how much business we expect to have kind of thing. And it's like, ah, oh, okay. But I'm just, I'm still getting, like, six hours for two weeks. Yeah, like, it has nothing to do with that. It fucking has to do with they don't give a shit about you. Yeah, no, you're replaceable. You're replaceable. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. They, they're just going to hire another kid seasonal next time after you. Yep. And you, it doesn't matter. Yep. You get hired, and then they fucking throw you away, and they get another fucking worker. No, exactly. And then, I mean... <laughs> I sound all upset about it. <laughs> hey, no, because I am upset about it. And, yeah, yeah, and when it you is. do stuff like what we do, because I like to consider yourself, like, you have traits that are irreplaceable. Right. You know, like, when you do stuff, like like I said, like, trade, when you do shit, whether it's a trade school or something, you, you get skills right. where you can't be replaced. What you have up here on your in your fucking brain when it comes to designing or doing shit like this like a podcast or being a b-boy there's nobody else that can replace you as a b-boy right yeah. there's nobody else that has the same style as you you become unique and right I, yeah and i think with design i have the opportunity to be unique in my own way which in a sense makes me irreplaceable in some areas that's true that's very true and actually that's really it's crazy because in my head right before the podcast i was like oh, i really want to bring this up <laughs> so i was i was texting him last night and then, um, like, you showed me a design that you were coming up with. Uh-huh. And then at first when I looked at it, I wasn't sure what to think. Because, like, yeah. you just sent me that picture, and I was like... Eh, it's whatever. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't, really, I don't, I don't get it, you know? Yeah, so I was like, yeah. tight, you know? Like, I'm trying to figure it out. And then um, after, he, like, you straight up explained it to me. And then, like, you sent me, like, a, like a zoomed-in version... One of the kids, it was like, let me try to explain. No, no, we could tell it. We could tell it. We could right, tell okay, them. Cool. It don't matter. This is, this is audio, so without a picture, it's kind no, of No, here, I'll, try to, I'll bring the picture up, so give us one second while we bring this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this, this is like, this was a really cool design, honestly. Um, but to cut you off a little bit on that, no, no, no. you're 100% right. Some of the graphics, and that's the beauty of the story behind it, you might see it, and you're just like, it, it's like whatever. You're like, right, okay, yeah, yeah. it's a graphic. Yeah. Like. <laughs> It's it's kind of cool, I guess, you know. But then you start getting into the story, and then you you might not buy into the graphic, but if you buy into the story, you're more likely to wear that shirt. That's very true. That's so like, true. that's what I like to do. Like, I always say, and I told you this yesterday: if it moves me, it'll move someone else. That's true. If it means something to me, it'll mean something to someone else. That and this is like a perfect true. one because I actually personally love this one. Yeah, it's a t- so like. But I, I could see the change in you. Like at first, you were like, "Oh, that's tight," and then I started telling you behind it, and you're like, "Oh, what the fuck?" You're like, "That's yeah. fucking sick." Yeah, the details on this was crazy. So it's like, 
Think about it like an elementary school poster. There's like some kids with smiley faces. There's a <laughs> rainbow. There's a sun. It looks like a coloring page that you would take out of a coloring it, book. It looks like a little kid. It's it. It looks like a little kid drawing. Yeah, it looks like a little kid drawing, pretty much. Uh, An elementary the, school little kid drawing. Yeah, yeah, with like smiley faces, and then it says the world doesn't need another cool kid, which is tight. It's, and then you think about <laughs> it, you look at it, and like if you just were to walk past it, you'd be like, oh, like whatever, that's just an it's, elementary school poster, yeah. you know? But then you like look at it closely. One of the kids is wearing the Eminem logo on his shirt, and then uh, Gabe tells me about the font that it, his cousin, my I mean, little you, nephew. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go for yeah, it. Yeah, so this uh, graphic is pretty much uh, my homie Jordan and I. Uh, did it so shout you out Jordan since you're a big yo when you gonna shout me out I'm just kidding <laughs> he's not like that he's really not like that but um, I do have to give him a shout out for this one because uh, we both came up with this idea I, I'm just the one that kind of drove it home you know and like did the whole graphic but he helped me create it basically so this is kind of like a we don't need another cool and I'll get to the graphic right now so the yeah, world yeah. doesn't need another cool kid and what, am I, what I mean by that is that we don't need another fucking arrogant right we don't need more arrogant people here yeah we need more people that are more willing to grow as a community and you i'm sure you know this happens in the b-boy world too but it also happens in the designing world and in the clothing world you know people have egos yeah and their egos doesn't allow them to grow as a community that's what i mean by a cool kid right we don't need those people we don't need those people that are gonna they think they're better just because you're a b-boy and, and you're killing it doesn't make you better than another b-boy who just started. Right. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Just because your brand is killing it and this kid just started up his, uh, his new brand doesn't mean that you're better than him. Doesn't mean that you're fucking cooler than him. Right. Everybody starts somewhere. And that's what I mean by the world doesn't need another cool kid that's because so we don't. We need more inviting people. We need people that are more willing to grow as a community instead of being so worried about growing just on their own. Right, right. So that's what the graphic means to me. Um, and but the front, the, says, the front says be yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the it says be yourself on the front, and the back says because like the world doesn't need another cool kid. Right. So yeah. just be your fucking self. Stop trying to be cool for social media. Stop trying to be cool because you want to fit this mold. Just be yourself, you know. But the font uh, actually was my so my little nephew. I had him write uh, the world doesn't need another cool kid. I, I made him write it in sharpie, and I made him write it a few times because he was writing really ugly, and you yeah. couldn't read it. <laughs> But that's the font that I use for the graphic because um, this is like a schoolyard graphic. It is more like an elementary school graphic. So I wanted it to be pure to that. And what better than have someone who's in elementary school write it out and use that for the graphic itself. Yeah, and I mean, like like you said, like if people invest in the story, they're most likely to like invest in the actual product itself. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a perfect example of that. Because at first, like I said, I was like, oh, I'm not sure I understand it. But then now I'm like, damn, like, that's actually a really cool shirt. And it's just a mock-up right now. But when it comes out, I'm going to have to comp on that. Oh, dude, it's, yeah. you probably get one for free, man. And oh, you can, shit. You can uh, rewind this podcast and show me the part where I said that. <laughs> hey, but no, dude, one, yeah, right? it's, a, it's, just, it's a very meaningful graphic to me. And a lot of the graphics mean something to me, for sure. And I, like you said, and we'll keep saying it, sometimes... You don't buy into the actual design. You might buy into the story. Yeah. And that'll bring a sell through, you know? Yeah. Because that's how I was when I was growing up and supporting all these streetwear brands. Sometimes I wasn't so fond of the graphic. 
of the artwork itself. But the message behind it was like, man, I got to have that. That's a strong message. Yeah. And there's still, there's only a few brands that still do that to this day. That's a lot true. of them are just another cool kid brand where That's like, really oh, true. this graphic looks cool on this t-shirt. I'm going to print it because it's going to make me money. And I like to believe that he, with Eminon, I don't think that way. I don't think of, oh, that's going to be cool. That's going to be a sell for sure. I think right. of, that's a cool shirt. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't want to do it. Right. Wow. And I carry that into all our product. That's actually so. like a really great segue. Um, because clothing right now in this day and age, like, like you said, it could go both ways. It could be either really experimental or super cookie cutter. Like, you know this is going to sell. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and what are your opinions on that? Because you kind of touched on it right now, but it's, it's just better to just lay it out. And uh, how, do you, how do you stay innovative with Eminon? Because this game is always changing. And, you know, one trend could be active today and tomorrow it's a completely different thing. Uh, so your question was, like, what do I feel about the trends and stuff? And how, how, do, do, how do I stay, like, how do you stay creative involved, and involved? In that, in that kind of world? Uh, man, it's kind of hard, dude. Like, I would be lying to you if I said I didn't look at trends and what was hot. Because right. I do, for right. sure. Yeah, you have to. But... Um, I always put it this way, and maybe this is something for other brands to t- take into consideration. So when there's a trend, if it's true to me and what I believe in, then I'll write it. If it's something I don't believe in, even though I know it's going to make me money, I, I don't do it because ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't move me. It has to move me in some way. Even if I don't wear that, like, I don't, I don't wear hats often, right? but I still make them. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with trends, I think. It's like, I might not be wearing that certain trend but if I fuck with it and I like it and I think it has like meaning behind it it's not just like some bogus like trend (laughs) then why not you should ride it you know what I'm saying ride the wave for a little bit but only if it's only if it's true to you I think the minute that you start questioning yourself about it just don't do it it. but if you feel 100% and you're like oh yeah I I rock with this wave then just rock with it Uh, because there's you know, the biggest brands right now that are selling, that are streetwear brands, you look at Supreme, mm-hmm. you look at um, Stussy. Mm-hmm. They're still killing it, dude. Yeah, they're still killing it. Dude, yeah, they've yeah. been hella, like, it's been a few years, but they, I mean, no, they still, they've been around for a long time is what I mean. And I, I they're think it's still fucking, super respected as a streetwear Extra brand. large is still yeah. killing it. I don't know if you're aware with them, but they're still killing it. 10 Deep, Ten they're deep. still around. Yeah. They're just a little bit more low-key, but... One of the bigger ones I would have to say, the bigger names, is definitely Supreme, which I'm not 100% like a fan of. Right, right. I think <laughs> a lot of people are split on that. Cause, like, I'm split on that, too. Yeah, you can put like Supreme on anything and people will buy it. Oh, dude, you put on a, Dude, this is the thing that I have. I just had a... You, we were talking about Sage earlier, like yeah, if yeah. I knew him, and I was like, yeah, that's my dog. We actually just had a conversation about Supreme and stuff like that. And like, I'm not, I'm not a hater of Supreme, and I know I might sound like it, but I'm not a... 100% hater for them because I do appreciate what they've done for the culture. Right, right. Like they the, the LV and they've glorified streetwear and made it yeah. this fucking crazy like people wait for a really long time just to have a chance to cop Supreme. And I would love for people to do that with my brand right, one right. day. Yeah, so yeah. I appreciate that, but exactly. the thing that gets me worked up is and I'm not saying this is true for all of Supreme product, but I don't see the value behind some of their product right and yes. that's what gets me and it's I don't see the story behind their product all I see is you're buying into the name the box and there's n- and there's nothing wrong with that I guess if that's what you're into but I would never pay $180 for a hoodie or something you know that says Supreme 
Yeah. And and uh, my friend Ryan was actually talking to me about his hoodie that was 150 that he bought in Paris, I believe, and it has a little embroidery hit that says Supreme. And he was telling me that, that the actual fit of the hoodie was nice, that it was nice uh, cotton and it was like double stitched mm. or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So that to me was like, that's a reason why. It's a quality product. A quality product, yeah. I get it. But I still think 150 is very steep for a hoodie, for a hoodie yeah. that I don't, even after he told me that, I still didn't see the ultimate value that maybe would have been a $80 hoodie. Right, yeah. No, in I my eyes. That. So my friend Jordan likes this brand named Kith. I don't know if you know Kith. No, I don't think so. Don't They're think like so. A, a pretty high-end brand, and they their product is very, uh, uh, what do you call it? Mm, there's value in their product, yeah. and I see it, where Supreme I don't. Right, So right. that's where I stand with like bigger brands. If, if you're just selling the box logo for who knows how much and like I'm, not, said, I'm not with it people will put it on anything like they sold the brick you know that's like it's crazy they fire hydrant like what are you gonna do what, like okay cool if you have a fire sure you're not gonna put your supreme fire hydrant right <laughs> but it's also like are they just mocking like are they is it a, like are they yeah, just mocking exactly. the or, or making a mockery of, of the industry it's like a weird flex you know like they know they could put on anything yeah so it's almost like Here's a oh, this, Boom, are you being uh, what is it called uh, satirical or is it satire? Yeah, is it satire? Is it, if it's satire, I'm all with it, Supreme. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're really doing it, just I think that's their thing, right? Like every is it satire? Like if it's item, satire, I'm down with it. I'm, I'm not sure because <laughs> I, I think they're just so big that I don't think they have to necessarily relate to their community. However, I'm not I'm not part of that Supreme community. I don't really. I don't know anything about it. So if like, you were, I don't think you would have me on this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, who's this? Who cares about him? <laughs> Um, And we started touching on it again. These are great segues. Community, right? Community is like the most essential part of a small business of success. Mm -hmm. You can't grow without having a loyal following behind what you're doing. Um, What does the concept of community look like when you think of Eminem? Eminem. Uh, dude, hey, <laughs> that's very... Hey, shout out Eminem. (laughs) uh, But dude, hey, honestly, that's a very commonly... uh, Like... The words are almost very similar, so I even catch myself saying that. Don't even trip about that, dude. I literally, my friends always do it too, and they always, they always say shout out Eminem, dude. So maybe we'll get him to wear some more product one day. That'd be kind of cool. We'll send huh? some over. Yeah, we'll send some. We'll send some over. But uh, question again? Yeah. So, what does the concept of community mean look to like when you think the brand? Eminem. Yeah. Um, I mean, it means everything to me, man. I don't think, I honestly, wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for everybody that supported. it. So community, I think, is 100% the driving force of, I think, any business, to be honest, not just clothing. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can say that about the b-boy community, too. Yeah. It's the yeah. driving force of maybe what you do, too. Yeah, And yeah. the podcast and everything. And I think community is 100% important. You can't conquer different... You can't conquer different states or different... Uh, locations without first having your backbone and that's your community right if you if your community supports you you're you're halfway halfway there for yeah, sure yeah it's because just about growth it's your home dude yeah the com- the people that support you that you grew up with and your community are literally your driving force of your business and even anything and even in life like if you think about your backbone is your your relationships your girlfriends your yeah. family that's your community. That's true. So like, I like to think that uh, in any business, the community is the most important, and you have to take care of your community or else you're not going to make it. Right, no. Just yeah. plain and simple. You're not plain and simple, it. dude. If you didn't have a spine, 
You cannot stand up, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, you You'd probably be dead. I, yeah, I don't honestly, know. Yeah. Any, uh, I'm not a bio major. Yeah, I was going to say, what, whoever yeah, knows all that stuff, please... Uh, <laughs> please correct the Hey, podcast. please comment below, like in YouTube videos. <laughs> please comment below and let us know if we're being correct or incorrect. Um, and uh, that's another great segue, because we're talking about community. Mm-hmm. You've been a part of the hip-hop community, the breaking community, um, and you've supported them with your products. So uh-huh. I saw that really cool picture you put of Sage, his elementary school picture on a shirt oh dude that was so fun i've seen uh, the stuff that you did with nico mm-hmm. yeah and nico's boy, still nico. stuff like yeah shout out nico active, man you know? so what inspires you to stay involved with the community i mean aside from me being a b-boy for six years um i just i dude i love the b-boy community it changed my life like yeah the whole oh, yeah. the whole family it's like dude it's literally like family like i i you would it's crazy the bonds you make with people that dance. Yeah, it's I went to New York um, a few years ago when I was still b-boying, and uh, we were in a where the hell were we? We were in a fucking cool place, Union Square. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. Do you? I don't know. Some cool place where people were b-boying, right? Yeah. And this was still when I was hip, hitting it heavy and b-boying. And I remember I was with my girlfriend, and we were walking, and they were dancing. And I said, "Hey, can we stop and watch them for a little bit?" Oh yeah. Dude, we ended up stopping. We watched them. I ended up ciphering with them. I got their Facebooks. I got their Instagrams. And we still talk to this day, even though I don't b-boy anymore. That's crazy. And that's man. what I mean by, like, that's what I love about the b-boying community and why I still want to be involved. And I want to be more involved now more than ever than I ever have. I've just been – the Eminem brand has took me through so many weird roads, and I knew what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted. Right. And now I'm to a point where I know that the b-boy community is, like, not even just the b-boy community the hip-hop culture and the hip-hop community are our number one supporters so i'm gonna start being around the community a lot more like i said i've been a big part of the community but i think it's my time now to just show them 100 percent that i'm 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 with it 100 percent. i'm with it 100 percent, dude yeah, and i'm ready to 100 percent commit to the community because dude there's no denying that, that that's the driving force of Eminem yeah. too. So and that's where you came from. You know? Yeah, it's dude. Like, it's always good to give back. I mean, and, it feels crazy. And that's what I love about it, though. It's literally the family. Yeah. And the bond behind anything hip hop. You say that you you're a hip hop head, and someone else can be a b boy, or someone else could be a graffer, or someone else can be an MC. Right. Dude, and you automatically click. Yeah. You guys are like homies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you and I, dude. This shit. is like literally the first time that we actually officially like. Me. Yeah, but then we've spoken to each other. Yeah, yeah and what, what brought us together besides a brand? It's the whole B-Boy yeah, thing. We battled each other, what, like six years ago? Dude, it's such a trip. How long ago was it? Yeah, 2012. Yeah, yeah see? Six, like, six, years, six and a half years. And that literally Nuts. was... Honestly, I don't even remember how I started following you on Instagram. All I remember is that you were a B-Boy, and I followed you because I, you're a B-Boy, and I liked what you were doing. I saw that you were doing podcasts and stuff, and I liked your brand, too. And... I just started following you. So I what brought us to that? Yeah, it's, it's the community. community. And then when the I clicked on your profile, community. I was like, I know this guy. I, I mean, you're, you look different, but your face is still the same, you know? Yeah. And I had to look back in the archives, bro. And then I saw that video and I was like, that's crazy. This is him. Yeah, so that, dude, that, you, we literally, this podcast literally nailed it. Yeah. It's no. because of stuff like this yeah. that I love the hip hop community and why I think it's a driving force for what I do. It's that common thread, dude. You share that common thread. Dude, and even like Nico and, and all that, like, I met all those people through B-Boying. Like, yeah. Dagoy, like, everyone, dude. The Freak Show, like, everyone that I've met that I'm still very good friends with 
that I consider family still, even though we don't hang out all the time. I can see the freak show. We, I ran into um, Gio not too long ago at a coffee shop. Oh, Dude, tight. we sat and we talked for an hour. That's crazy. And it's like, it, it, it's like we never even stopped talking. And that's what I really love about just the hip-hop culture in general. It's like that. You could always met, pick that up. Dude, I met this kid named... Uh, sorry if I butcher your name. If you're listening to this, I think, believe his name was Marcos. Marcos. And I met him at a Joey Badass concert. And we were there for hip-hop. Oh, shit. Right? We went yeah, for a yeah. concert and we vibed because we were in line. And we were into the same artist. And we're friends on Instagram. And he still hits me up saying, hey, when are we going to go to the next concert? Oof. That's Isn't that dude, crazy? That's so like, crazy, yeah. And that's just a community. That's just because we were into hip-hop. I can't say that too much about other things besides yeah. skating skaters are very tight-knit skating like that is too a big thing yeah you know but there's very little communities that i can say are like us where we meet someone at an event or you meet someone at a jam and you could be best friends with them yeah no it just happens like this because you connect on the same thing exactly That's... it's like a creative community too like a lot of b-boys are into other stuff yeah no they're into like their mcs their djs like nico djs uh, Jojo from Wild Seven. Jojo's my boy, dude. Yeah. He's a dancer, but he's also a DJ. DJ. Yep. Sage, dancer, Sage, photographer. Photographer. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's like, crazy. And there's many more. If I went down the list, we'd be here till like seven. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know who you are. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's to, that, great. It's a great mean. community. Yeah, dude. no. And the fact that we support each other and like. Let's say the world doesn't need another cool kid. The world doesn't need another cool kid, dude. Like, you gotta support your your homies, dude. Like, if you support their breaking, support their DJ endeavors. Yeah, exactly. Support their clothing endeavors. Like, support what they're doing because everybody needs that boost of confidence, bro. Like, you you can start yourself, and then you need people to support you to keep going. And the hip hop community is very positive too. That's true. That's true. They're all into positive movements. Like, it's not more now though than before I like to say it's more like everyone wants to grow together yeah before it's, things were a little bit yeah, different yeah before but, it was a little bit more patchy but I feel like now everyone's kind of over it and they're just like yo let's grow together it's dude. smooth diet yeah. San Diego's yeah, definitely gotten speaking way about better. breaking too with the Olympics and stuff that's crazy yeah it's a great topic to pop up on right now that's crazy dude I think it's it's gonna be great for the community I know some people out there might think it's bad because b-boying was made on, a, on the in the streets right it was right. more of an underground thing and to be honest i do like that it's gritty and it's underground yeah, it's very street you know? yeah and if you're not a you're not in the know then you don't know right yeah and the olympics yeah. is almost making it accessible to everybody yeah it's super but, commercialized but to me it's like you'll never take the culture out of it it'll be commercialized right, but you'll yeah. still have those kids doing it in Brazil, yeah, not wearing shoes, and like, now those kids can look forward to an opportunity to potentially go bigger. Exactly, it and make some money off of it. Because wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to make money doing the thing that you love? Right. Yeah. And this is an opportunity for the b boy community to make money off of what they love. Because yeah. I used to have conversations with my friends, and we used to say that uh, with Freak Show specifically, we used to say that b boying is a poor sport. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. like. It's a poor person's sport. Yeah. Because there's no money in it. Unless you made it to the big stages like Red Bull BC is now like starting to do all that stuff. But like Red Bull sponsors you and you're good. Exactly. But, but this many B-boys get sponsored. I know. And how yeah. many B-boys are killing it? Right. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. And like, it's weird. It's, it's like a rich man's sport or a poor man's sport. It's yeah. Like you have to have a lot of money so you have all this time to practice. Yep. Or you have all this time to practice and you're poor because you don't you spend all your time practicing instead right. of doing other things and there's no disrespect to that it's just that it's the reality it's the reality it. yeah and dude I'm, and it's great that we're talking about it because um i'm actually going to start training with one of my friends uh abraham who we used to b-boy together and i actually want to get back into it i've been last year i told nico i want to get back into it but 
I hate to use this as an excuse, and it's not really an excuse, but to be honest, I'm just, dude, I'm, I'm busy. Even yeah, before this podcast, I was at a meeting yeah. in San Diego, and I just so happened to be in San Diego area, and I came here. Yeah. But, dude, I, I'm busy every day, and it, there's, I find very little time to train dancing, and, and dancing is one of those things where you can't half-ass. Like, right, yeah. No, you you cannot half-ass like, being a dancer, dude, because yeah. it'll show. Yeah, no, and definitely. I, and not only that, but it's it's tough. It's one of the toughest things I've ever had to do is be a b-boy, dude. <laughs> but baby steps, like you can come out to jams. Oh, you're back in the jam. You're feeling the, the vibe. Then you start going to sessions. Mm-hmm. You slowly yeah, build back you, up. You know? I want to pull – I want to get back into it because I do miss it, man. And being away from it for as long as I have – I started to realize that I do miss it. Just when I walked in here, I said, man, I was like, oh, I'm yeah. about to do a round. Cause, <laughs> dude, because the, the floor just, like, brings back so much memories, like, just being here. And, like, I've never been to this specific studio, but just being in the studio, seeing the mirrors, like, seeing the floor, like, man, it's, like, it's nostalgic, you know what I mean? Yeah, it brings no. back the, it brings back, it brings me back to being in high school and, like, have no worries in the world besides going to train after school. It's a simpler time. It was yeah, simpler times, simpler time. you know? So it brings me back to those times, and yeah, you, you heard it here first. I want to get back into it. Oh, this podcast Hold me up brought to up it. as a receipt for a bunch of stuff. Dude. <laughs> I know. Don't print this one out, dude. I'm um, have a hard time painting this one. <laughs> um, if you could give one piece of advice to someone looking to start their own brand or make their own clothing, what would it be? Don't do it. <laughs> I've said that in every one of the podcasts. Just don't. No, I'm just kidding. No, after this the, whole podcast, you're like, nah, don't no, don't do don't it. Don't do it, it's dude. Worth it. No, it is worth it. Um, I'd have to say, if I had to give a piece of advice, I would say, believe in yourself, and uh, when you're ready, commit to it 100, percent or else you're not going to make it. And that goes for anything, not just clothing, anything. If you want to start a business, if you want to, you know, start your own podcast, you really have to commit to it. And I'm sure you can attest to that too. Yeah. yeah. If you don't commit to it. You're, you're not going to be posting. You're not going to be making new episodes. You're not going to be growing your business. You really have to commit to it 100%. Right. So that was, that's my best advice to anybody trying to do any new uh, endeavor or, like, adventure. Any creative any new, project. Yeah, any yeah. creative project or anything in general. If you want to be a B-boy, then be a B-boy. Yeah. Like, commit to it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's tough. And it took me years to learn some of that stuff. So you just got to commit. That's my biggest advice to people is just believe in yourself and commit. You, got, you can't be half-assed about it. Definitely not. You can't. Especially because, uh, I mean, not to like, go off on a tangent, mm-hmm. but just like anything creative is 100% you. So if you're not giving 100% of yourself, like it's not going to show in whatever it is that you're doing. Or it is going to show in what or, you're yeah, doing. It is going to show in a, bad, negative, in a negative way. way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, so before we close, this has been a great hour-long episode. Dude, I, it's been great. This is this is airplane fuel right here. If you're ever on a flight, you're gonna want to catch this one. Or if you're ever you know in the bathroom having a little yeah, tough time, you know, <laughs> a little constipated, stuck, you know, hit it up. This is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're like my girlfriend and likes to listen to things while they shower, listen to yeah, that's a weird thing. I can't do that. I I, I can't do shower listening. Yeah, I don't pay attention. Yeah, no, exactly. I doze off and I'm just like in the hot shower. Yeah, you I'm know? thinking. Like, yeah. I'm like. Thinking about the next move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm standing there. Or like, thinking oh, about man. the next podcast. <laughs> I feel you. But if you're, if you like to listen to it, or if you're driving, dude. Yeah, driving is a great one. Yeah, yeah. I got an hour and thirty minute drive back home. 
You know, might as well listen to a podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. what I do. That's honestly me too. I, I do that too. Yeah, yeah. I love podcasts, dude. Dude, me too. You learn so much. You expand yourself to like, dude. It's just nice. And I work from home, so listening to a podcast makes me feel like I'm involved in some kind of freaking human interaction, <laughs> like I'm dude. Smarter. Or like a you know, human interaction. Dude. Can you imagine freaking being locked in every freaking day? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But yeah, listen to this podcast. Well, I mean. That's kind of weird to say because right. if you're not listening to you yeah, would never listen to this. Here, yeah. It's but, okay. We'll advertise it. We'll let them know. Yeah. Um, before you get we what go, we're saying. <laughs> do you have any shout outs? Do you have any plugs? Anything coming up for you? Um, besides the new Eminon stuff and shouts out to all my homies. And like I said, if I did it, if I said every one of you guys seriously would be here all day and we got things to do. Yeah, I'm hungry. Okay. I haven't ate. I've had a meeting. But shout out to all the Eminon homies, everybody helping me. Shout out to the Freak Show. Shout out to the Bum Bag team. Shout out to the Eminon team. Shouts out to you and what you do. Shouts out my girlfriend, Yesenia. I love you. You listen to my podcast all the time, I hope. And if you don't, then you won't hear that I love you. And uh, yeah, shout out to everybody who's helping me, literally. This is not a one-man team. Eminon is a a big team. So um, shout out to everybody helping out and everybody who's been supporting me since day one. All the day one, All homies. The day ones, you yeah, already yeah. know. And shout out to the b-boy community. I'm trying to come back. I'm not going to say I'm about to be competing again, <laughs> but I hope you guys see me around. You he know? said just catch me in the cypher. Yeah, catch me in the cypher. Catch me doing a little top rock, you know, or a little air chair or, or something. Don't catch me doing no hand hop to forearm hops <laughs> to shoulder hops to windmills to flares, which was one of my favorite combos, by the way. I remember that. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. Well, yeah, yeah, that'll take some time to get back. But yeah, <laughs> shout out to everybody who's been supporting since day one. I really appreciate it. Mm appreciate you guys and if it wasn't for you guys i wouldn't be doing this today so thank you guys all right that concludes a great episode of the break new ground podcast as always tune into the next episode who knows who the guest will be hell it might not even be a guest at all um but until then continue breaking new ground and uh we'll hear you on the next one peace